0: Leviticus is a book that will have you going over the same part over and over again. It says, now, what does that mean? What does that mean? And what does that mean? Exodus chapter 40, beginning at verse 34. It was good to see those that I see here today at the uh, service yesterday. A person told me, and I saw him at the back, I ain't going to call his name, I will be at service today, and he's here. His mom is sitting next to him, but I ain't going to call his name. (laughs) The Lord is doing something, amen. I like giving him a hard time. Verse 34 of Exodus 40. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud Had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Verse 36. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night. In the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. Chapter 1 of Leviticus. The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from from either the herd or the flock. If If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. He must present it at the entrance of the tent of meeting so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He is to slaughter the young bull before the Lord, and then Aaron's sons and the priests shall bring the blood and sprinkle it against the altar on all sides at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priests, are to put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the burning wood that is on the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water, and the priest is to burn all of it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. If the offering is a burnt offering from the flock, from either the sheep or the goats, he is to offer a male without defect. He is to slaughter it at the north side of the altar before the Lord. And Aaron's sons and the priest shall sprinkle its blood against the altar on all sides. He is to cut it into pieces and the priest shall arrange them, including the head and the fat, on the burning wood that is on the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water. And the priest is to bring all of it and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Verse 14. If the offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, he is to offer a dove or a young pigeon. Your Bible may say turtle dove. Uh, The priest shall bring it to the altar, wring off the head and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar. He is to remove the crop with its continence and throw it To the east side of the altar, where the ashes are, he shall tear it open by the wings, not severing it completely. Then the priest shall burn it on the wood that is on the fire on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Amen. You may go home today. We're done. (laughs) As a title of given this message, learning the requirements for worship. Learning the requirements for worship. When the temple was completed, God's glory filled the temple. Now we didn't read or study the part of all of the intricacies of the building of the temple or the bringing together the supplies for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting in the wilderness. But when it was completed, God's glory filled the temple, the temporary temple that Moses would erect every time the camp would leave and move to a different location when the glory of the Lord would lift from its current, from the setting of being above the tabernacle. With the temple being in place, the presence of God now abided there among his people. After the Exodus, the people are encamped at Mount Sinai for at least a couple of years. Do you remember when the Lord told Moses, when you go to Egypt, you're going to come back to this mountain and you're going to worship me here. Do you remember that? Well, if you don't, I'm telling you now. And it is at this place where the Lord brought the Israelites back to the very place, the mountain of God, where the Lord had appeared in a burning bush to Moses. Some say that Horeb and Sinai sometimes are different. But Sinai, the place, God said, on this mountain you're going to worship me. God calls from the tent of meeting Moses. Now, I want you to understand this. When the children of Israel went to the mount, the Lord gave instructions that no one is to try to come up to the mountain to see God. No animal, no person can be near the mountain. No person can touch it, or God says, I will break out and destroy that person. No one could touch that mountain because God says, I am a holy God. In the book of Leviticus, the, the word holy appears More times in this book than in any other book in the Bible. It appears at least 152 times. The message of Leviticus is God's redemption. It's holiness. It is dealing with the holiness of God. Have you ever thought that God was not holy? You haven't read Leviticus. God is a holy God. And when we get to the place, we may see a little bit later, where the Lord's his requirements for how worship was to be set up and done had to be carried out in detail or the worshiper would forfeit their life. God had been speaking to Moses from Mount Sinai. And The Lord gave the instructions of what he wanted Moses to tell the people. Moses is up on that mountain receiving the word of God. Those forty days and forty nights, and during this time God is laying out for Moses all that He is to tell the people. And it is also during this time when the Lord Himself wrote the Ten Commandments for Moses. The other laws the Bible describe that Moses evidently wrote those out. But the Lord is giving Moses all of the details of how the temple is to be built, the tent of meetings which is also called the tabernacle. The Lord would commune with Moses on that mountain. But when the tent of meeting was made, that became the dwelling place of God Almighty. The very time when the Lord says that you cannot come near this mountain or I'll break out. When that temple was completed, the articles had been sanctified, anointed with oil. The presence of God hovered over that place. And the Spirit of God, God Himself, indwelt that location. And from there, it no longer became Mount Sinai where the Lord would visit Moses. It was at, at the temple. It was at the tabernacle that the Lord would call Moses to come to. There are some people today who feel that I can just worship at home and be Okay. But when you look at Leviticus, the temple was the central place of the life of the Israelites. It was the place that God called His people to be. It was the place of gathering, the place where the Spirit of God made His abode. The tabernacle is a type of the incarnation of Christ. incarnation actually literally means in the flesh. The incarnation, when we speak of Christ, the incarnation of Christ, when we speak of Christ being born, it is talking about Christ coming in the flesh. The tabernacle. The type of the incarnation of Christ. God made His dwelling among us. St. John chapter 1, verse 14. His dwelling, in fact, You can just stay right where you are. I'm going to just read that verse for you. John 1, 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This temple where God made His abode, was pointing to the time when the Lord would no longer dwell in the temple, but He would reside in the temple of our hearts. We became and become the temple of the Almighty God. How incredible to think that the holy God who told Moses that no one nor any animal was to touch the mountain lest they die, would dwell in a, tw- a tent amongst His people. God, who had been unapproachable, is now dwelling in the midst of his people. The very unapproachable God has given detailed instructions how he can be approached. And that person allowed to live. But if you approached him wrongly, you would not live. One must take great care when in the presence of God to know that one is in the presence of pure holiness. Today I believe that people don't really seem to get it or understand that when we come into the presence of God, we are in the presence of pure holiness. The danger for the Israelites is that they faced extinction if they did not approach God in the way that he outlined. I'm going to give you this now. I'm going to tell you maybe months down or I'll tell you now. Aaron's sons, four sons he had, two of them were killed. When the Bible says the fire of God came out and killed them because they put censers in the fire, and the Bible says they made inappropriate sacrifice or not sacrifice, inappropriate offerings or service to the Lord. They were not supposed to offer what they did, or come in that way. Whatever they did, the Bible does not spell out what they did. There's been speculation. But when they came in the way that was not prescribed, the Bible says that fire came out from the Lord and killed them. It is a dangerous thing to play with God. The temple is where everyone went. One didn't just go any place they wanted. They didn't say, I'm not going to the temple today when there was a general gathering. I'm going down to the other side of the lake. Time to go fishing today. When it was time for worship, everybody went there. Everybody stood at a distance. Do you remember the time when Zechariah was in the temple praying when his time came as the priest on duty and the worshipers were outside the temple Praying. Well, that's what the people would do when Moses would go into the temple. The people would stay outside and they would pray until he returned. Offering up prayers to the Almighty God. It is interesting to note that when the presence of God came upon that tabernacle, the Bible says that Moses was unable to enter. Yet Moses could go up into the mountain where the Lord was and the Lord would speak to Moses. But when God's presence filled that temple on that first occasion, Moses could not enter that temple, which was called the Tent of Meeting, the place where the sacrifices would be brought the place where the burnt offerings, the sin offerings, the grain offerings, and and the fellowship offerings would be brought before the Almighty God. All of these sacrifices that happened, all of them required that they be done in the way that God said. The animals killed in a certain way. The animals arranged in a certain way on the burnt, on the on the altar, just like God said. As Christ now replaces the earthly temple that was built, as I said, He now dwells with us, whereas before God's presence dwelt in the tabernacle. So we can say that. God's dwelling now is among men. We are the temple of God and He dwells in us. Think about it this way. There are several articles that were a part of the tabernacle. Several things that were a part of the worship experience. The Lord told Moses, I want everything to be sanctified, everything to be made of. I want you to anoint everything in that temple. Sanctify everything. Everything that's there is to be set apart for my exclusive use. That's what sanctification means. It means to be set apart. It means to be set apart for God's exclusive use. Christ cannot abide in a place that has not been made ready for him. The reason why sinners can't go to heaven is because They have not been set apart. Sinners can't be in the presence of God in heaven. They have not been set apart. There's no blood applied to their life. They're standing as their own sacrifice and they don't measure up. Articles of sin do not allow him to dwell there. When we think and say, well, I'm not that bad. I don't do what such and such a person did. I'm not, yes, you are that bad. One sin, one, is enough to have you go into eternity. Separated from God forever. Nobody could say, I'm coming, Lord, because last week, I did everything right. They had to bring offerings and burnt offerings in case. Do you not know that Job on a regular basis went before his his children died? The Bible says that when they would have these festivities and that they would have these 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 food and these gatherings and the children would come together, he was in the habit. Of making and presenting burnt offerings for the Lord in case they somehow blaspheme God. Just in case I'm gonna offer this for my kids. Great detail and cost were involved in preparing for God's acceptance of his people. In fact, the preparation at the entrance to the tent of meeting prepared for one to enter was quite lengthy. If there's no preparation, there is no entering. Do you hear me? If there is no preparation, there is no entering. No preparation, no entering into the presence of God. In Leviticus chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, I will read this. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering. The Bible gives, <clears throat> let me stop. This. The Bible gives three types of offerings here. Now, I want you to understand this. The Bible starts in Leviticus, and Leviticus and Numbers deals with the, the worship and the offerings and how the system was set up. But the Lord starts with the burnt offering. That's the first thing he begins with. Now, he says, if a person brings an offering, now get this. He starts with something that was not required, but something that the person wanted to bring. Even with the person wanting to bring it, there was an order that had to be carried out in a certain way. When the person that brought the offering, there were three types. If the offering was from the herd or the cattle, which in most cases was a bull, a young bull, that often dealt with the person who was maybe of some means was was wealthy, had the ability to pay for a bull. Then when you look at the next offering, the goat, the sheep or the goat, that was for the person that was somewhere in the middle. Maybe they weren't wealthy, but they could afford a lamb. And the third one that he gives is that of the dove or the pigeon. For the very poor, those that were poor, that could not afford a bull, yet everyone was required to bring something. You get this. You don't come to God saying, Lord, I ain't got nothing to give you. I ain't talking about money. I ain't got nothing to offer you. When the Lord said to Moses, what's that in your hand? What do you actually have in your hand? God says, I'm going to use that to deliver my children Israel out of Egypt. The Lord does not look at what you don't have; He looks at what you have and how that can be used for His glory. Too many people are looking at their deficits rather than at what they actually have. God wants you to worship Him with what He's given you, not according to what He's given somebody else. You say Hallelujah to God for yourself. I'm gonna say, how do you say Hallelujah? Hallelujah. Okay, I can mean, say it just like you. Hallelujah. That's it. That's how you say it. What kind of inflection? Hallelujah. You know. (laughs) Hallelujah. No, you say hallelujah like God gave it to you. you. Mm -hmm. There is an order. God gave you the ability to honor Him. So when we come to God, we come with ourselves. I gave one of those points that I was, going to get, it was actually further down, but I just decided to give it then because that's, that's where it just came to me. So, When a burnt offering was brought to the Lord, the Bible says that the person that brings the offering was to lay their hands on the head. Now, I want you to understand this. When a person brought the offering, they had to be involved in the offering. But when it came to the sin of the people, it was the priest who had to prepare the offering and deal with the entire sacrifice for the people. Offering, you were involved. So you brought the offering to the Lord. You were the ones to put your hands on the head of it as a way of showing a transfer of your sins Onto the animal. Why is that important? Because when you think about what God did, He is showing what He's going to be doing way down the road when Jesus Christ comes. He's going to be that substitute. He's going to be that offering for us in place of God because there has to be death. There has to be blood that's shed. Life is in the blood. When we sing that song, there's power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the the blood. blood. When we think about Mm -hmm. how sacred and what God did in preserving, the sacrifices were important because it showed that death had to be a part. When the person was bringing their offering, they had to lay their hands on it, Mm -hmm. and they were the ones that had to kill it. There was a basin oftentimes put under the neck or something to contain the blood. It oftentimes may have involved slitting the neck and letting the blood flow into this basin or container. The person was responsible for even cutting up the pieces. Now, it is believed that the Levites who were the assistants in the temple may have helped those, the worshippers to prepare it. Now, let me show you something. Now, look at verse 4, and I want you to follow this in in detail. He is to lay his hands on the head of the burnt offering. Who is he? The worshiper, the one who brings it. And it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He is to slaughter the young bull before the Lord. And listen, and then Aaron's sons, the priests shall bring the blood and sprinkle it against the altar on all sides at the entrance to the tent of meetings. Then it goes back to, he is to skin the burnt offering. Now, the burnt offering was an offering that was totally consumed. So when you think of yourself at all, let me give give this to you. When you think of an offering as yourself as a burnt offering, you're bringing your whole self. The entire burnt offering was consumed, except, for the skin. The person had to fillet, take off the skin. The priests were given the skin. But the entire offering, burnt offering, had to be offered. Then, on top of the burnt offering, when there was a sin or fellowship offering, that was placed on top of the burnt offering. The burnt offering was God's portion. It's that which belonged to God. So when we say, Lord, I offer myself as a burnt offering to you. (laughs) You're saying I'm giving all myself to God so God can burn me up. (laughs) So when they had in the old days, well, we still have them down there. They would say, I'm going to the altar, down to the altar to give myself to the Lord. The problem is that if you went to the altar in that day, you didn't come back. You were sacrificed. (laughs) That animal took your place. That animal represented you. So when we bring ourselves to the Lord and give ourselves as an offering, we're saying, God, I'm giving all of myself to you for you to use me in the way that pleases you. I am being sanctified. I am being set apart exclusively for you. So that's why you can't say, I just got I just I just had to get them told. I just had to get out of myself a little bit and tell them something. That just didn't happen with the burnt offering. If you belong to the Lord, everything about you is sanctified. Now when we do blow it, there was an the opportunity to say, God, I blew it, I'm sorry, and then you bring another sin. You bring a sin offering to the Lord and the priest would then make atonement. But that burnt offering was an offering that was completely consumed. The burnt offering. When the Bible talks and gives the details of the offering, one must understand when you read the other portions, and it doesn't give all of these specifics, the the writer is basically wanting is believing that because you have the details of what's been already described earlier. They don't need to keep repeating all of the details all over again. It is believed that all of the sacrifices had to be performed in the same way. And so while certain details may be added with the the, the sheep or with the, the, um, the birds, generally the offering had to happen in the same way. Now because the, the birds were very small, they were offered a little bit differently because it was a very tiny sacrifice. So it had to be preserved and taken care of with care. And so one begins to look at, the Lord, why all this blood? Why all of this, these animals being killed? Because sin is hideous in God's sight. Do you not know that all of these sacrifices could never make atonement? That's why they had to be done over and over and over and over again. Constantly offering sacrifices until the one perfect sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world was offered on your behalf and my behalf. That one sacrifice that Hebrews describes as God being pleased with in Jesus Christ the one where no longer did the people have to offer all of the sacrifices anymore, so that when a person rejects Christ, they are rejecting the final and the only offering that God was fully accepting. There can be no other redemption. There is no other redemption. There is no other way to be saved when the Lord has given the very best. Everything that was pointed to Him All of the other offerings that could never really make atonement. And then when he gave his son, now this is the one I've accepted. Listen to him and do what he says. And so when a person says no to God, then they stand in the place of the offering before God for themselves with their sins. Blaring out towards God. And God's judgment says that it has to be atoned, has to be paid. And you then become the person that now must give it. No more animals can offer or be put in your place. If Christ is rejected, there's no other sacrifice that can come to represent or be to take your place. You can't say, but I've been a good person. Look at all the good things I've done. Look at all the people that I've helped. Look at all the money that I've given. I helped this old lady across the street. None of it can be accepted as the perfect sacrifice. It's the blood of Christ. As we lay this out and we'll be going through this series in Leviticus, I want you to have the story now as we walk through so you know who it's all pointing to. Please understand that God's provisions, God's ways are past finding out. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There is no measurement, the Bible says, between the heavens and the earth. You can't measure that. God's ways, unless he decides to let you know, cannot be found out. God's ways are perfect. His plan is perfect. This year, as we go into 2015, I pray that we will dedicate ourselves to the Lord in a way that we've never done before. That we will say, Lord, I have a better glimpse and idea of what you've done and who you are. I want to serve you better. When the Lord talks about our best, the Lord says that when you bring an offering... It has to be perfect. Bring me no lame duck. Bring me a sheep, a sheep that's limping. Mm-mm. Bull that can't see bumping in the things as it's walking. No, 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 no. God says whatever you bring to me has got to be perfect, no defects. It is believed that the priests, one of their jobs was to inspect that offering as it was brought, looking to see any defects, any problems. Y'all know that at the Passover in Exodus, before they left, that was part of what the, the family was doing. They were inspecting the land that they were to kill that night before they left Egypt. On the tenth day of that month, they took that sheep into the house, and for four days, Well, they didn't do it that night. They had to just do it right away, but that was going to be the custom when they entered the promised land. But on the 10th day, they took that sheep in, and for four days that sheep lived in the house with them, and they inspected it to make sure it was perfect. They got connected to it. No imperfections. When you serve God, do you bring your best to him? I'm saying, Lord, I want to bring my best to you this year. I can look back and say, well, I've got to do better here. I want to do my best for God. If God is in the habit of doing his best for us, why would I want to do something less than what is my best? I want to give my best to the Lord. I don't always feel like doing certain things. Sometimes even when I'm beginning to pray, it takes some time to kind of work up into it. And I'm starting to pray. My mind's over there. My mind's over there. My mind's over there. Today I was coming to church. And sometimes I'll not have the radio on and I'll pray. The moment I said, Lord, I want to thank you. I said, oh, the radio. Push the radio on. And then I said, well, wait a minute. Let me turn this thing off. Your mind can go that quick. I hadn't been thinking about the radio that one, but as soon as I said, Lord, I want to thank you, my mind went to the radio and I immediately turned it on. I said, Wait a minute. See you a lie. <laughs> you gotta you got you gotta watch. You gotta you gotta watch. You gotta watch. You have to watch, you have to watch because the time when you wanna do right, there's gonna be evil right there as well. There's gonna be the opportunity to do right or wrong. Today when I'm gonna tell you this. If you want to do right, you can. But you've got to strive to do it because you're going to be be opposed. You're going to be opposed. You're going to be opposed. Even when we look at Moses and and as he was leading the people, he was opposed. At times, the Lord set the order straight. We must honor God in all that we do. Everything that we do must bring honor and glory to God. This message didn't have point one, point two, and point three. Didn't have that today. I'm not sure any. I'm not sure how many of them will. It's going to be kind of a teaching, preaching style <laughs> during this. But I hope you you understand the significance of how God's presence dwelt with His people. And as I say this final thing in closing. As long as the cloud remained over that tent of meeting. And I love that name, the tent of meeting. That's an also name, the tent of meeting. As long as that cloud remained over the tent of meeting. The Bible said they stayed put. The Lord directed when they were to go. He was going to lead them to the promised land and he was the one that was going to let them know when it was time to get going. But as long as the cloud remained, they stayed there. When they got to the next location, the Lord said, this is where it is. They set up that tent of meeting again. This is the next place. Set up the tabernacle. Set up the place for worship. Evaluate your service to the Lord. Evaluate if you are a burnt offering unto God. Does God totally have you? or does He only have you when it doesn't cost you too much? If anything costs more than God, He doesn't have you completely. You want to be a burnt offering for the Lord? Then give all of yourself to Him. You want to watch how you live? Give all of yourself to Him. When things make you mad, give God yourself and let Him give you your responses. Every aspect God is concerned about, every part. The burnt offering belonged to the Lord. He knew what to do with it. That's his portion. We belong to him. And if the Holy Spirit dwells within us, then that means he has control. Lord, we thank you today for your wonderful loving grace. And we pray that you will take us not only this week, but throughout this year in a direction and in a way that will bring complete honor and glory to your name May we be fully dedicated. May we be fully immersed in the Lordship of our Savior, into the Christ, the the Holy One, the Messiah, our God. We thank You that You dwell within us. We are the temple of the Almighty God. And we thank You that You dwell within us. Ah, may we make sure that You have all of us. We love you today and we praise you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.